Is marriage still a good idea today? Many people ask that question, especially young people. Well, listen to find out why marriage is still worth doing on Love God First. finishing some great and interesting information about marriage today. We've just been looking at Adam and Eve becoming married, the very first marriage in Genesis 2. And I left us last time with, we had gone through scripture, but I really didn't get to a lot of the application. And today we're going to dive into that and really bring it home. We were talking about how God designed marriage that there's a bond of commitment that's strong and unique compared to other human relationships, that there's a unity and a oneness that is the deepest bond of all. And we asked ourselves to remember, why aren't more people getting married? So today I'm definitely going to be making a persuasive case for why a person should marry, the benefits of marriage and the problems with living together. There are some problems with living together and with with being sexually active outside of marriage. We're going to talk about that too. And I just want to warn you, this is a little bit of a PG-13 type podcast. I'm going to mention the word sex, so buckle up, all right? But here, just keep in mind, the Lord's the one that invented it, all right? So we're good. We're totally good. We're talking about why can't a person live together with someone? What? Why is marriage so different? What difference does it really make between those two things? They seem pretty close, right? I mean, you look at TV and movies and it seems very close. That's what people are aspiring to is living together now. So what's the big deal? So that's where we're going to go today. Sex, living together, marriage. It's going to be exciting. So we're going to start off with this question. Why should you, a person who may be of maritable age, consider or reconsider getting married for yourself. Remember, 37% of people in 2021 were married, according to Pew Research Center. That's not many people. Most people are not married. So why should you even consider getting married? Well, the first reason I would say would be to consider this, that God originated and designed marriage. He made it. And he is really wise. If he thinks it's the ideal situation, then it is. Now, remember, I mentioned the last time in the podcast, not everybody is called to be married. There are people who the Lord calls to be single, and that is a good and powerful thing. But for the majority of people, we need the marriage. And we're going to talk about why. A lot of times people will consider living together instead of getting married. But do you know that people who live together before marriage are more likely to get divorced and The more sexual partners a person has before marriage, the more likely they will get divorced too. So what's the message? Walk purely. Stay abstinent until marriage. Now, is that what we're hearing from TV and movies and media and everywhere else? No, we never hear that. Okay, I'm going totally counter-cultural. People live together all the time before marriage, or they just live together and they don't even get married. And they sleep around lots. I remember hearing from a friend Her daughter went and signed up on an online dating site, a Christian online dating site, okay? Emphasis on the Christian. And by the third date that this daughter of my friend went on, the Christian guy asked her to come home with him to sleep with him. On the third date, this is a Christian online dating service. What is going on? 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you have been bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your body. We have got to remember that we are united with Jesus, that he lives in us. I'm going to be quoting Jordan Peterson a couple of times because he has a lot of insights into human behavior from his research and job. A lot of the principles that he talks about bear out in scripture, probably because the Lord made people and knows about what we need. Jordan Peterson said, a marker for the pattern of behavior characterized by the exploitation of others is multiple sex partners. So that is one great reason to not have a lot of sex before marriage, the exploitation of others. So the message is don't live together, don't sleep around before marriage. And that is really tough to do with how many people just expect that now, huh? But keeping yourself for your spouse is the best thing you can do to help your marriage start well. Now, if a person is living with another person, what are they saying to them? Again, this is another Jordan Peterson quote. He says, well, a person living with another person says, well, you'll, you'll do for now. I'd like to reserve the right to trade you in if someone else better happens to come along. That's not a great message. Someone might say, well, we just want to try living together before we get married just to test things out. But the problem with that is you can't simulate. You cannot simulate marriage. It's not real until you make the commitment. It's not real until you make the commitment. Other people say, well, it's only a piece of paper or this is a way that families used to make financial deals long ago. It's just this construct for people trading in their daughters to other people who want to make money. No, it's not. Maybe people have changed and warped it a little bit, but let's go back again to the original first marriage here. And I'm going to read this beautiful end of this verse 22 in chapter two of Genesis. It says, and the Lord God fashioned into a woman, the rib, which he had taken from the man. And here, listen to this and brought her to the man. Now, where do we see that? Think about a marriage ceremony. A father walks his daughter down the aisle and brings her to the man she's going to marry. That's exactly what the Lord is doing here. Just like a father would give away his daughter. There's no financial deal. It's, I love my daughter. I'm giving her to her husband. It's a beautiful thing. There's a solemn vow before God and friends and family. It's so much more than paper and finances. In fact, in Mark 10, so this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees again, who are trying to bait him, talking about divorce and things. Let me go up to verse seven. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. That sounds familiar. Consequently, they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Notice that God, what God has joined together. There is a spiritual component to marriage. There is a holiness to it that God joins us together that cannot happen when a person's living with another person. It's just, you just can't get that deep. Here's the danger of cohabitating from one relationship to another, of just going, living together, and then another partner, and then another partner, is that that deep bond between husband and wife won't stick. It won't be there as well. It's kind of like an envelope and it's glue. Have you ever sealed an envelope and then you realize, oh no, I forgot to put something else in. So you open it back up put the thing in and close it again. And it doesn't quite stick and adhere as much. It's kind of like that with our relationships. If we're living in a sexual relationship with a person and cohabitating over and over and over, that 
deep bond just doesn't come together as well. Want to ruin the chance of a deep, unique, intimate bond with another person? Live together or sleep around a bunch. Both, both will produce this inability to form that deep bond. Living together means when things get difficult, I can bail out. So a lot of people are choosing to do that instead of marriage. They're like, well, I don't need to work on my issues this way. I can just cut and release and get another person. And the problem is I'm still taking my emotional relational problems with me every time I go to another relationship. They'll keep coming up. There's another Jordan Peterson quote. He said, people are of the sort that without the degree of seriousness marriage commitment brings, problems will not get solved because there's always a way out. Look, marriage makes us deal with issues. It forces us to tell the truth. It makes, okay, well, another option, if we don't want to tell the truth, is we can just be miserable for 50 years together. Well, there's all kinds of reasons why that happens. But everything that I have experienced comes with me into a relationship. Bad habits, family upbringing, my childhood scars, my immaturity, my selfishness. It doesn't matter if I'm living together with someone or am I in a marriage. Those things are still there. I remember when I was growing up, one of the things in my family was, hey, we interrupted all the time. We didn't listen to each other. And I brought that into my marriage. And there have been times when I can see my husband getting so irritated with me because I just interrupted again. And I don't even, I didn't even realize I was, realize I was doing it for many years. But after a couple of decades of that, it gets pretty tiresome. So I began to say, okay, how can I work on this? And I, I had a life coach that I was talking to about it. And he said, why don't you try tapping your leg five times in a row, like five seconds after your husband talks so that you will wait that long in order to speak and then talk so that I would be practicing how to break that habit of interrupting. And you know, it, it kind of worked. And I, I only partly remember to do it still. I'm still working on it. It's something that's been so ingrained in me for so many decades that it's tough, but I am determined to keep working on not interrupting and to listen better because I know it blesses my husband. It helps him to know that I respect him and care about what he's saying. So for those who are married, let's say, okay, maybe you're not a person who's lived with anyone or you're not a person who is just waiting for marriage. You're in it. You're in it, baby. You're married. How's it going? Have you hit a wall? It's easy to do. I just want to encourage you, don't run away. We can either work on that problem or suffer for decades. How about working on it? So I just want to give a couple of options for those. If you are struggling, but hey, you know, even if you're not struggling, if you have a great marriage, tuck this away for future. If we're struggling in a marriage, we have a sticky point. I think every marriage has a few sticky points every once in a while. It's not like we're perfect people, right? There's so many differences between men and women. We're bound to hit friction eventually. And by the way, let's talk about that for a second. Why would the Lord deliberately put us in a relationship that he knows is going to produce friction? Why would he do that? It's probably obvious, right? To mature us, to grow us. You know, he doesn't just grow us to make us our better selves. He actually is growing our faith and service to him as well. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now that's not talking of marriage per se, but it's true there. 
What can we do to be spurring them on? I remember a few years ago, I was talking to my pastor whose wife was gone on a mission trip that she had coordinated and put together. And she was somewhere in the world. I don't remember where doing amazing things for Jesus. And I said to him, Hey, do you miss your wife's home cooked meals? And I was just kind of being funny, but he gave me a really great, serious answer. He said, no, I'm more focused on supporting my wife in the use of her gifts to fulfill the calling God's placed on her life. And I went, oh, right. Okay. (laughs) I felt kind of like a dope, but it was good because it challenged me to think higher, to think better, and to think what could be if we are supporting our spouse in all the ways that we see the Lord doing in their lives. Think about what the Lord uses our spouse to do to help this happen. Of course, there's the refinement process for each of us, right? We've got to learn to be patient and to listen and be kind, admit we're wrong, all those things. But there's an encouragement and a constant rooting for the other person that spouses can really help to affirm gifts and calling in their, in their spouse. And that constant call toward growth as we both mature in life in the Lord, it is precious. It is so precious. Okay, now let's talk about if you are married and feel stuck. What if it's not wonder, a wonderland of bliss? I would say do something different. Make sure you're praying together. Get some help. Is there a marriage class or a marriage conference or a marriage retreat? Anything with marriage. Or if there are mentors, people that you know who are older and married who can give advice and meet regularly with you and your spouse, read books, read books together. A friend of mine told me about this book called How We Love that she's been working through and talking with her husband about, and it's a great book. I've read a little bit of it. Read the Bible together. What are things we can do that are different that we haven't tried before? We're not going to get anything to change if we don't do anything different, right? And I would say, bathe everything in prayer. Now we're going to talk more about marriage, especially how to find a spouse, how to find your person, what some common problems are in marriage, more practical helps and things on our next podcast. I'm really excited about our next podcast. We're going to have a wise and experienced guest on to help us, help teach us with marriage. So look for, I'm looking forward to that. So tune in for that. But if you're a person who has had an active sex life, this is These are the people I'm talking to today. Okay, so I know that many who are listening are married and you're grooving along with Jesus and your spouse. That's awesome. But for those people who are listening who are not married, are you, do you have an active sex life? I'm just asking you, do you? You shouldn't. All right, so we have to bring that area of our lives under submission to the Lord as well as Christians. We are not allowed to go sleeping around Even in a committed relationship, like, oh, yeah, I'm really committed to my boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm so committed. And so we're going to have sex. No, no, it's for marriage only. So I want to encourage you, if you are a Christian who is living with someone or sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, I would just say to stop doing that. If you're living with the person, move out and pray. Is this the person I should stay with, Lord? Is this the person I should stay with? Now, I'm, I'm being pretty harsh here, but I can do that because I love you and because I was a person who had an active sex life before I came to Christ, all right? So just being honest with you. I didn't know the Lord, and so I was doing everything everybody else was doing, 
And so after I came to the Lord, I had to make some decisions that directly related to my sex life, meaning I had to stop having sex. I had to walk in purity. And I was concerned about that because of the choices I had made before I was a Christian and how am I going to have a decent marriage now? But here's the good news. The Lord restored my purity. I don't know how he did it, but he gave me back myself so I could give myself to my husband at the proper time. The Lord is a restorer, a redeemer, and a healer. Yes, there are consequences that can't be undone, but our sexual lives can be redeemed. They're just like all the other areas of our lives. They can be redeemed. I may have to work through things with Jesus over time. I may have to get some counseling or the support of a trusted believer to hold me accountable. But nothing's impossible for God. He can and does restore us as we yield areas of our lives to him. So you can do it. Have courage. The Lord will empower you to step out in faith in this area. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I specifically want to bring those people who are listening to this, who are Christians but are maybe struggling in their sexual lives. We just pray right now, Lord, for the courage to say no and to take steps to walk in holiness in this area of their lives. If it means breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend, moving out, Lord, we bring all areas of our sexual lives and we surrender them to you. And we acknowledge that what you say is that a husband and wife in a committed relationship can have all the sex they want. And we're so thankful for that. And we adhere to that, Lord. We repent of going astray from that. Forgive us, Lord, and thank you for restoring purity. Thank you for redeeming us. We trust you for a pure and holy marriage for those who are walking in holiness with you, Lord. We thank you that you can do amazing things with a yielded vessel. So we yield ourselves afresh today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and give a high rating to this podcast so that more people will listen. And if you have any questions I haven't answered yet from Genesis, remember you can always email me at lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com.